Hi. Welcome to Piloting. I'm Renee. And I'm Melissa. And we're your hosts. Piloting is a podcast for people who refuse to live on autopilot, where we celebrate risk takers, go-getters, and anyone craving a change. Happy Tuesday. I wasn't going to say when we were recording. <laughs> And I backed myself into a corner. That's okay. That's okay. I actually, that's so funny that you mentioned Tuesday because you know how we ask each other like how we're doing. I was going to say that I had such a productive day today and how much I love Tuesdays over Mondays. So I was just going to call us out anyway. You just beat me to the punch. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you took my punchline. I'm known for doing that. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, I We normally don't record on Tuesdays, but it worked out well this week that that's what our schedule is. And coming off a really good weekend. I think my big thing this week is like the Oscar nominations. I am a cinephile. I love all the movies. So exciting to see kind of the culmination of awards season, getting, getting all these great actors and films and and directors and everyone recognized for their hard work. Yeah, you're really good at that. I am the person who watches the recaps, but I wish I was better at sort of like knowing, like following the nominees. I know you watch a lot of like the films. You're like up to date, like very on brand for you. And you That's like a big hobby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a hobby. <laughs> um. I feel like I, yeah, I had a great productive weekend as well, and I just feel like I had a really good productive day. Um, so I feel like I haven't had one of those in a while, so that's nice. Uh, well, snaps for that. Yeah, that's good. Getting things done. That's the way to do it. <laughs> um, do you want to introduce what we're going to be talking about today? Yes, uh, happy to do it. So today we're talking about moving back in with your parents as an adult. I think in other countries, this isn't something that you really have. It's not really much of a discussion point. There's Mm -hmm. no stigma. It's actually kind of expected that you continue living with your parents until marriage or into, you know, your late 20s or 30s. That sort of multi-generational household is pretty normal. In America, it's a little different, and maybe some other countries too, where sometimes there's this stigma of you leave the nest after college or, you know, after high school, depending on what your life looks like. And it it can feel sometimes like a step back to return to your childhood home. But many people do it, and they do it sometimes because they have to, and other times they do it for really strategic, intentional reasons. So today we wanted to talk about moving back in with your parents, how that can fit into your piloting journey, um, our thoughts about it. Both of us have or are experiencing that Mm -hmm. in our early 30s. So we just thought it would be a fun topic to dig into. I'm so glad you mentioned the part about like different cultures and how it is almost specifically, at least from my experience, like the U.S. and America and the taboo that we have in our culture – But, you know, we both come from immigrant families and, Mm -hmm. you know, my Filipino experience, it is super common, even, you know, Filipino Americans versus like Filipinos in the Philippines where you have multi-generational homes. 
and it's expected to take in your parents when they reach a certain age, um, living with grandparents, your grandparents are raising you. And so for me, I just feel like I've always, and I, I recognize the privilege I have in being able to have a soft landing when, if and when there's a situation where I'm back home. And I am. Like, if you mm-hmm. if you ever watch the video <laughs> part of this podcast, you'll <laughs> see this beautifully designed home. Uh, it's lovingly called G2, which is guest bedroom two in my mom's home and my stepdad. And I'm living with them right now. And it's just in a, you know, and I've, this is not the first time that I've moved back home. This is maybe after, let's say like postgraduate, maybe the third or fourth. Um, and I know like you've had that experience too of, of coming back to your childhood home and, and staying with your parents in times of tra- transition or in times of, um, you know, not having an apartment in, in the city. Yeah. Um, so I am in – I'm living independently in an apartment in New York City now, but I moved back in with my parents. It's funny. It wasn't really a strategy to move back home. The plan was I left, I moved my things into storage in New York City in early 2022 before I was going to go on my Asian adventure to live in South Korea and then travel around to a couple other countries which I did. And then when I returned in the summer of 2022, after several months away, my plan was to get a short-term rental in New York. I didn't want to sign a year lease. And I guess I can say this publicly now because I I initially had planned to move back to Asia in early 2023. I was like, I'm just here for the next couple months to continue working with my job, see my friends while I like figure out the next steps to maybe teach English abroad. And so I didn't want to sign a full lease. And then I, New York is just not a market where there are a ton of great subleasing options. Um, Understandably, people don't want roommates as a revolving door. Like they want someone who feels a little more stable. And then living alone was really hard to find any options that were long-term alone. So I was like, okay, I'll crash with my parents for a couple months. And then as I was doing the research to teach English, I was like, I don't think this is really what I want to be doing with my career and life at this point. I think if I return to Asia, it's going to have to be through a different professional endeavor. And then as I was figuring out what that next step could be, I just wasn't, I wasn't ready to commit to a lease because my life just felt like it was very in flux geographically. Um, That it took me a while. Just, I think I ended up living with my parents for another year, just not with the plan to live there, but just, as, as like I said, a transition that ended up taking longer than we expected. And then when I made the decision, no, I'm ready to kind of stay in New York and kind of put roots down here again, then I moved out. But yeah, it's a huge privilege. I'm glad you mentioned that to have that option because not everyone does. And it is, it can be super beneficial if you, if you maximize it and take advantage of it in the, in the right way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I know you touched on this, um, earlier in the episode in terms of like the reasons why people move back home. And this is from an article from Linktree and it says the ways young adults move back home during the pandemic says their finances were positively impacted. And so the biggest positive was being able to focus on paying their debt 
um, saving down for a down payment on a home, um, having a lower paying job that they're more passionate about and just doesn't allow them to, you know, live independently and, and all that. So being, being able to follow a passion, going on your piloting journey, saving for a life event, uh, such as like a wedding, because those things ain't cheap, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think like the average wedding costs <laughs> like 50 grand, which is sometimes more than the down payment of a home, like baffled. Um, and then being able to save, invest more and, and just save for retirement. And like you mentioned, so many reasons why you could want to lose home, like you lose your job, right? You have a significant loss of income. Um, reasons could also be like health, either your health or your parents' health or your family's health. That You have to come and be the primary caretaker, um, breaking up with somebody and yeah. you happen to be living with them and you have to live, move back home. Um, and then and like- you mentioned the pandemic. And mm-hmm. I think for me, like travel was the reason why, like I knew I wanted to either experience a nomadic, you know, season of my life or just be in a period where I could travel more frequently. And that was the case for several of my friends. I have several friends who gave up their apartments in the pandemic to travel more frequently or live a more nomadic remote lifestyle. And it's just not financially feasible to keep paying rent in an apartment in one place, rent or a mortgage, while also paying for lodgings in all of these exciting cities that you're visiting. You know, I've mentioned on the podcast before, I lived in Spain for a month during this like transition at my parents' place. I couldn't afford to pay for an apartment in Spain for a month and also pay for an apartment in a city like New York, mm-hmm. you know, that's just so expensive. So sometimes it's not even just practical life things, which that is often the case, but sometimes it's also just, I have the opportunity to have fun or do something that like makes my heart sing. And this makes the most sense. <laughs> um, I I do this a lot. I just realized, did I say link tree? I meant to say lending you tree. Did. Okay. <laughs> Lending tree makes so much more sense in terms of why we're talking about finances from that article. (laughs) Um, All good. But I'm also glad you mentioned Spain because, I mean, that's was why I had the opportunity to come visit you and stay with you. Um, And so, like, kudos to being able to do that (laughs) because you moved back home. And, yeah, it just literally makes no sense to pay that money. You know what I mean? Like your apartment's sitting there for a month. It you're obviously gonna have to pay for it. <sighs> it's like it seems like such a waste. So it makes sense yeah. to me. And I I think sometimes with like when you think of success, pilot and journey, especially in the US, a lot of that like visual is tied to independence. You know, like the American dream has this idea of either owning your own home or at least like having your own place to live. Um, But it's not that uncommon to move back into their parents, despite the stigma. So there was a Harris poll that was conducted last year in partnership with Bloomberg. And they found that 45% of Americans between the age of 18 and 29 are living with family. And this was after about 50% of people basically in their 20s living with family in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So even though you might feel sometimes a bit of a stigma or, you know, why am I taking what might feel like a step back? 
it's not that uncommon. Um, so I just wanted to share that stat that it's more people are doing it. And I think the trend is in that direction, like you mentioned, for a variety of reasons. Some people, the article describes it as staying behind to get ahead. Like if you're saving for a down payment on a home, you're saving for a big life event, like a, a wedding, like it can be sometimes a really strategic move to move forward, mm-hmm. to move back in with your parents. <laughs> yeah, I found, um, I'm so glad you brought that stat. I found similar. I think yours is a little bit more updated than mine, but based on the U.S. Census Bureau data from 2021, a quarter of U.S. adults ages 25 to 34 resided in a multi-generational family household, which is increasing. I think it was it was up from 9% from 1971. So yeah, mm-hmm. we could be trending upwards where we're coming back around to having multi-generational homes. Um, and I, I mean, I personally, because I'm experiencing it right now, um, based on like my age and all that stuff too, I just feel like I have a different perspective on it than I might have felt before in terms of like the taboo. And honestly, I'm not ashamed to like let people know that like I'm staying with my parents. Like I I live with my mom Um, and my husband does too right now, just works for our situation in terms of his travel contract, got a job back in my hometown. And so I don't feel like I get a lot of negativity when I tell people, at at least they don't say that to my face. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) thank you for that. But I think a lot of the taboo or – potential shame like not that I feel it a lot but there is there still is like a sort of like like you know even if as confident as I am in our decision to do this there is still like a little bit of sliver that I'm like "Mm, but do I feel as independent as I used to feel even though I know this is strategic this is smart this is a soft landing and there's so many pros um, that I have to like living back at home again and so even if I feel like the taboo is going away. There is still just like a little bit of that that I still feel. And even though mm. my confidence in it trumps any of the shame I feel, I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> and I hate that there's even like a sliver of it, even though I feel confident in our decision to do it. So I don't know if anyone else feels that way in terms of like when someone tells me that I'm not like, oh, you live back home? Like how shameful. I thought you were more independent than that. Like I don't know if the majority of people are thinking that way anymore. If anything, I get a lot of like, oh, nice. That actually sounds awesome. I'm so, you know, like I wish yeah. I could do that too. Like you're, you must be saving money. You must, you know – I, you know, I know you have a good relationship with your mom. That must be so like fun for you. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know if people are still thinking that way about moving back home. Maybe you're right. The taboo's fading. I hope you're you're very right. I don't think. I mean, I was at home. I guess it ended up being about a year and a half, and that includes my like travel excursions. Um. And yeah, I never encountered anything. I think sometimes all of that stigma was my own stuff that I'd internalized. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't know why. Like, I hadn't lived at home since 
like high school. Like I went to college, I lived on campus, did the same thing in grad school, and I immediately moved states away to New York City. And so I and I knew that when I went home that it was temporary. I had a reason mm-hmm. to do it. And even if it wasn't temporary, like that's just your situation. But I think a lot of it was me internalizing societal things that I'd absorbed and not to your point that I'd gotten any feedback or anything from people. And there are a ton of pros. Like we've we've talked a lot about the financial, you know, benefits, especially if you're smart, you know, with your decision. Um, But for me, there was a lot of like emotional benefits that I can't really put a price on. Like having the ability, I mean, yes, there are like some challenges or just things you have to be mindful of when you're returning to your parents' home and you're no longer, quote unquote, a child. (laughs) You're an adult (laughs) with their own way of living, their own, you know, lifestyle that you have to kind of adjust to. But just the benefit of being able to spend that much time with my parents and, and my sister, it's priceless, you know? Like, I will be so grateful um, you know, whenever they pass, which hopefully is a long time from now, that like we had those times to just connect as adults in the home and spend that much close time. Because when I'm living in New York, I used to see them like a handful of times a year. Like, you know, like I could count days like, oh, I saw them X days, X number of days this year. And I think that's really beautiful, too. That's not really something that you can say, oh, I saved you know, several thousand dollars on rent because of my apartment or house, that that might be the case. But I gained so much in just relationship building, memory creation, and just time, which is really the most valuable resource to me, because that's the one thing you can't get back. Exactly. So even though my return home was accidental, unplanned, (laughs) lasted longer than I thought it would, um, I'm, I'm grateful for that season. Oh, I mean, 100%, that is my, like, number one pro is the relationship building, the quality time, which is, like, my number one love language anyway. Mine Um, too. Yeah, it kind of teeters between that and acts of service, depending on, like, my mood that day, but they interchange (laughs) between Mine's quality time and number two. And physical touch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think physical touch might be four for me. Um. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I have to reevaluate. But I know for sure quality time is like interchangeable with number one, number two. And like you, we're getting older, which means family members are getting older, which means our parents are getting older. And yeah, I think before in in your 20s, at least for me, I mean, it, family was a priority, but as I age, it just is cemented of like how much little time that we really do have. And I don't mean to be like pessimistic about it, but um, it's true. I mean, fact is like, it's going to sound so dark and I'm so sorry, but like everybody dies. It's I just heard this on a Nicki Minaj lyric and with Drake, so excuse me, but it's like everybody dies, but not everybody lives. And Mm. I've just recognized that, you know, family is everything to me. And so being able to, like, harness that time with them and and actually for, like, a period of time, for, like, a couple months, we were were with my in-laws before they moved to the Philippines, helping them pack up their house and move. 
And I like treasure that time with them because now they are so far away from me and my husband. And like, I just saw them over the holiday in California and I hadn't seen them for like eight months and eight months just like flew by like nothing. And that's short for someone who lives on the other side of the world. Like you probably might not be able to maintain that eight month cadence. Like there might be stretches where you're like, it's been a year. It's Mm -hmm. been more than a year. Yeah. And if you've ever traveled to Asia, which both of us have, um, and like other parts like Australia, just that part of the world, it's far and it is not, it's very hard on your body. And especially if you're older. Um, And so it's not like they're going to be coming back frequently. Like you and I could probably travel to Asia once every few weeks, maybe it will be fine. We'll make it work. Yeah. Give me like a handful of days to adjust <laughs> to the time zone and I'm there, baby. <laughs> With someone, you know, in their mid seventies, eighties, it's, it's harder on their body and, and stuff. So yeah, I mean, quality time. And I think I mean, COVID just really exacerbated this feeling of isolation and we all feel like I, I personally feel like I am charging up my battery again for feeling like human connection. And so Mm -hmm. just like having people around me that I know, like I can trust, they like building your sense of community, you just feel united. You have all this like love around you. Um, feels really good. And again, it's a privilege for me to have that relation, that kind of relationship with my family. A lot of people don't. And a, for a lot of people, it's not an option to move back home. It may not be like a safe space for them. Um, but luckily for me, it has. And so I think not feeling that sense of isolation is so important to just be a human, you know, just, just with those little everyday things, walking by each other, checking in, how are you? Uh, you know, my mom loves to cater, so she will just go and get me water. <laughs> She's so sweet. And I'm like, well, that's not my experience at home. <laughs> <laughs> my mother is very, very loving, very giving. But no, if I said, mummy, can you like swing by with a glass of water? She'd be like, excuse me? The fridge is there, babe. <laughs> That, that's my dad, but um, my mom loves it. It's like if anyone comes over to our house, she treats you like you're staying at a five star, like a five star. Um, I, I don't want to. I don't want to give my mom a disservice. She is. She's an acts of service person, and she is very hospitable. Mm-hmm. I think just you know the mother daughter dynamic. I think a, a stranger <laughs> on the street would get a different experience. <laughs> I have met your mother me. multiple times. I've had multiple <laughs> sleepovers, and I have felt nothing but welcomed and taken care of. <laughs> Yeah, she she's actually very warm and caring. Like those are some of my favorite things about her. But no, she's not swinging by <laughs> with glasses of water. Um, I like that you mentioned isolation, though, because I think yes. Again, going back to the pandemic, I also know several people who moved back home with their parents just temporarily for like three months, four months during that period because the isolation and the loneliness epidemic is very real. I know for me, I say this to one of my best friends, Mark, all the time. He was my old roommate. And we say all the time, like, if we weren't living together in 2020, that would have been such 
a different experience mm-hmm. for us, just having that connection. And so for people, if you don't live with a partner, if you don't have roommates, if you're living alone and, and the world is going through this thing where you can't fill up your social battery by um, social events with your friends in office time, even though I am pro remote work um, <laughs> and these other um, engagements and activities in person, then yeah, moving back home with your parents, if that's an option and that's a safe space for you is helpful just on a baseline. I saw another person today. I interacted with other humans, like we're social creatures. So yeah, I think, I think it, it, it takes on a new meaning in the past three years than I think it did before 2020. You know? Yeah. It, I mean, COVID really shifted a lot of things for us. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so I think, yeah, for me having like, just as we record knowing that like my mom is downstairs right now, like makes me feel like nice inside. Um, but I also recognize that, I mean, this is like a huge transition. You're having a lot of bodies in one space and some of those spaces can be tinier, you know, can be in apartments. Like who knows, you know, not not everyone has like 5,000 square foot homes where you have like your own wing of your house, right? So there definitely are some things to consider and things to sort of like work through when you do move back home. Um, some Sometimes it's like great for your mental health, like, you know, you and I talked about that a little bit. Um, and then sometimes it's, sometimes moving back home like kind of reverts you back into like teenager mode. Um, oh, you know what yeah. I mean? And so just like working, you know, through the, I mean, to me, pros, for me, pros outweigh the cons, but I can't talk about moving back home without acknowledging some cons, which is boundaries, space, and I think just like general house rules because, yeah, you're not the child anymore and you're not, you don't have a curfew and if you're dating while you're back home, like, what does that look like? Like, there's a lot of change. It's different, too, if you've experienced living on your own and then you're returning home. I think if you're someone who continued living at home, maybe through college, through your early to, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. mid-adulthood, and that's just been an unbroken cycle, you probably adjust to those changes over the years but it can be to your point a little jarring if like when I moved back home with my parents I had been living alone for almost a decade Mm -hmm. I had my own way of doing things my own way of cleaning my own way of organizing things I had freedom and flexibility with like my social life my dating life you know and so now it's different because I'm it's not my house. I, I have to adhere to someone else's house rules, but yeah. I'm an adult. So the <laughs> rules also have to look different than they did when I was 17. <laughs> so yeah, you just have to have those conversations, have conversations about, you know, if if it makes sense for your family for you to be paying some kind of stipend or mm-hmm. rent, financial, you know, like just make sure that those lines of communication are open so that it just doesn't get unnecessarily messy or uncomfortable. And, you know, things with family, they're super beautiful, but they can also get 
ugly very quickly if if certain things are left like swept under the rug. <laughs> so just yeah. make sure that you you keep you keep that line of communication open about expectations, wants and needs on both sides, and you know, just remember it's it's not your house. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your house. <laughs> I know there. Yeah, <laughs> luckily. My mom is pretty, like, flexible with things, and there's, like, a lot of mutual respect there. But, yeah, like, acknowledging um, that especially if you're not having to pay rent, which, you know, is great. Yeah, just being respectful of of one another. And it's – it's I think the biggest thing for me and the biggest realization, realization I've had since moving back home is, like, I'm an adult and, like – <laughs> surprise um (laughs) and my mom is an adult and this is like truly the first time where I've moved back home where I've been an adult with my mom as an adult like before Mm -hmm. I've just seen her as like oh my mom and like I'm a kid I'm a young adult and you know I don't I'm not as mature but now I'm like oh wait like I'm mature like I'm actually seeing my mom as a person than not just being my mom and like being able to get to know her in a completely different way than I did before. Like just having a, uh, knowing her in a completely different version of herself than her having to scold me or teach me or guide me, you know, she, she kind of did all that work already. She's just sort of like gets to be a friend now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I've noticed that too. Like, Oh, this is, different you know like I you know I'm not reverting back to like 18 year old hashtag moody Melissa (laughs) and you can see and you can it's like nice when you can see your parents as their own people and not just who they are in relation to you which I think is just a beautiful thing for anyone to be seen as I'm not just a daughter I'm not just a girlfriend I'm not just a you know I am my own person so seeing your parents as not just you're my mom and dad but like no you're your own human beings it's like it's really beautiful and profound um do you since you're currently doing it um do you have any big piloting goals or like is moving is living with your parents right now connected to any larger purpose beyond spending time with them and the convenience or mm. yeah so i think i mentioned it earlier but part of the reason the majority of the reason why we're back here is because eric got he's a travel respiratory therapist his contracts are 13 13 to 16 weeks at a time and we were we were in connecticut before and we came back because he got offered a travel position at his old hospital where he was full time. And it was sort of like a no brainer for him. He like loves the people, loves the hospital, all that. And instead of having to like scramble and find a place in Raleigh, it just like made sense. Like they mm-hmm. had the extra space. They welcomed us. Uh, obviously, financially, it helps. But it has helped us also think about, I think – the passions that we have overlapped together and the plans that we have for a family and then just like my separate ones where I just also just feel really supported in the things that I'm doing. feel like I have like the space to explore and being able to like 
take some time to work on passions like this podcast, you know what I mean? Um, And then financially, and I think I've also mentioned this before, like something that Eric and I are trying to pilot is making investments in real estate and property. And that's something, speaking of millionaire habits and having multiple streams of income, that is a bullet that we're trying to have under our names. And so this, yeah, snap, snaps, like cross your fingers. It's going to, it's going to go. And this has helped us have that soft landing. So we're able to put that money into a future investment and eventually have a plan to like move out of here and be able to move into a rental, make it a rental or move into a place that we own, make it a rental and then continue to to do that and add build to that our portfolio build that portfolio baby <laughs> oh that's incredible yeah so yeah that's, that's definitely it it hits all the notes it hits all the bullets to allow us to have this transition to build for our future um yeah and now after this podcast I just gotta go like give my mom a hug for the, what she's doing for us and my stepdad I'm sorry Aww. Wanda and David, shout out to you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Love you so much. Shout out to Wanda and David. Um, yeah, no, that, that's incredible. I think for me, when I was at home, again, I was in a period of transition. So it gave me space to not feel rushed yeah. or pressured into making a decision um, just based solely on like financial commitments. And I had the space to, you know, pay for this certification, which I ended up abandoning when I realized that wasn't the path I wanted to take. But I, it, it just created a little more space to like, okay, I can make this decision and I have a little more time just to think it through. I think, I think launching this podcast for me was a lot easier being at home because I've said this, I'm such an extrovert. I like doing things. I like having a booked and busy calendar that I I don't know if I was in the city with like all of my friends and like all of my like network, if I would have been as intentional about carving the time out that we needed to get started and get this in a good place where we have a rhythm. I think I would have just kind of like I'd done many years before allowed myself to be distracted and say, I'll do it next month. I'll do it next year. And I think I'd still be dreaming. So I think for me, this project is a big output of kind of being at home and being a little removed where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm here. I've, I've got time to work. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm moving at a slower pace. So yeah, I think, I think whether you're, and the last thing I'll say on this is whether you're moving home because you have to, or you've made that choice. I think regardless, you can take the time to think it through and see how you can maximize that opportunity, whether you're there for a month or an extended period of time. Um, Because I know so many people who are, you know, saving up for an advanced degree by living at home. They are, you know, just making all of these big life moves and having that flexibility. Like it it can be another resource as you're, as you're planning your future and piloting your next steps. So don't feel bad about returning home I think it's like that Bloomberg article says sometimes it's stepping back to move forward or you know staying at home to like launch yourself to something bigger I love I loved your um, perspective and using the word maximizing like 
using whatever situation you have and maximizing it, optimizing it, taking advantage of it. Um, and so I'm in agreement with everything you said. My last sort of like sentiments and thoughts is it's the thing about piloting journeys. And I think just any journey that we're on, whether this was information that was fed to us when we were younger or things that we're seeing online of like Miss Independent, like all these songs are coming to my mind. (laughs) Independent doesn't necessarily need to be necessarily need to mean alone and being able to like accept help is a sign of maturity and is honestly a sign of independence to me of just being able to make like rational decisions that's going to help you build this is so corny um but like build your empire you know what I mean and so you oh I don't think it's corny at all I love that (laughs) like build your empire and you need and it's okay if like you need help and um and if moving back home again is like an option and it's something that makes sense for you and you're able to do so in a way that really moves your life and pushes your life into like a like next level i say it's worth it um so don't you don't have to do things alone you don't have to do things alone and i think that's like the biggest sort of like Ah, like highlighter yeah. note for me. I think that's – I like that you brought that up. It's it's okay. It's brave and it's smart to ask for help. And it doesn't matter where that help comes from. I think some people feel like it looks better to crash on a friend's couch for a month than to move back home with your parents mm, for a month. And yeah. I, I don't know why we feel that way. And I say we because I – I don't think I'd feel that way today, but I'm sure if you asked me in my 20s, yes, I would prefer okay. to be on another 20-somethings gross couch for a month and like sleep in my parents' guest bedroom. And I, we need to just let go of those things. Like your life is your path. It's like you said, it's okay to ask for help. And it's okay if that help comes from the people who helped you when you were a child. Like that doesn't make you a child again. It's just, it's that safety net mm-hmm. if you have it. And, like, for the people out there, I doubt they're the ones listening to our podcast, but you never know. <laughs> judging those who are doing it, like, can we stop? <laughs> can we yeah. stop, like, judging people's lives? <laughs> like, we don't know everything. Keep your eyes on your own paper. <laughs> yeah. Stay in your lane. <laughs> yeah, no swerving, babes. <laughs> um, no, but that that was that was good. I like I like how you ended that. Switching gears. What's your gold star this week? Switching lanes? I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Switching lanes. Ooh, okay. I I really love my gold star this week. And oh. I know. I know. I'm hyping them up, so you better like them. Um, they are a sibling soft rock band called Infinite Song. Um, Eric and oh. I both started listening to them at the same time. And they've been around for a while. Like, there are five siblings – but I believe one of their siblings went off um, solo to do like a solo album and things like that. So now there's four of them. And I don't even know how to describe – I mean, soft rock would be describing their vibe. I'm not the best at musicality or talking about music in like an eloquent way. But they're just – like I feel like everyone would like them. And I know that that's – very sounds very impossible but I feel like you just can't not like them and I forgot to look this up before we started recording but they have a song 
called Metamorphosis. And I'm so going to get these lyrics wrong. But Renee, I, you know when those th- things happen where it's like a magic moment for me where like we started listening to – I was listening to them in the car with Eric and we were listening to the song Metamorphosis. And she said the lyrics – oh, my God. I can't believe I didn't look this up. I'm going to mess it up. But it's something like, I feel like I'm on autopilot. And I screamed. I was like, wait. Whoa. I was like, wait a minute. That is I ex- love stuff like that. Yeah. When you're just like, oh, this came at the right time. Like, I that's I have to go listen to that song now. Yes. There's so many other songs. Um, they're really cool. Uh, the reason why they popped up on my feed, I'm not cool enough to say, like, I knew them before they got big. I didn't. And um, I that's think they're okay. just getting larger they just dropped like a an album or maybe an ep but infinite song gold star might be my favorite gold star ever that is high praise um i love that i have to go check them out now yeah (laughs) what's your gold star and then i'm gonna get the right i'm gonna google the right lyric because i just feel like i'm doing a disservice that's okay um so my gold star is goodreads if you haven't used Goodreads before. It is a social community online for people who love books. Um, it You can leave book reviews, book ratings. You can create lists about books. It's just like a great space for books. And I'm someone who I'm usually not watching a lot of TV or reading a lot of books at the same time. I usually am like in one season or another. And like right now I'm in a book reading phase and I love Goodreads. It's it's a great platform that I go to. Like if I get like a book recommendation on Book Talk or from a podcast I've listened to, I can go on Goodreads and see what are other people saying? Like what's the rating? What are the reviews? It's good for nonfiction, but I find it especially helpful for fiction books just to understand, especially if it's an author I don't know, like what's the vibe? And, you know, people can create their own lists and genres. And I'm like, oh, it's this kind of romance or this kind of fantasy or here are some of the tropes. And I I can kind of help me parse through and say, oh, yeah, this is definitely up my alley or "Uh, I don't know if, if this is really for me. And so it's just been really helpful in feeding my massive. I mean, you guys, if you're watching on video, you can see some of my books here. That's not even a third or a quarter of the books I have in this apartment. So I need to buy way more bookshelves, but Goodreads is helping me spend my money in a way that I love to spend it on, on books. So shout out to Goodreads for being a great community for anyone looking for the next great read. Renee has always had a trillion books and I'm not exaggerating. A trillion at least. (laughs) It's crazy. It just like brings me back to your childhood room. And like your like white bookshelf on like right beside your desk or whatever, and it like spilling onto the spilling floor, onto the floor stacks. with piles and piles of books, and it's even worse in my like parents' house because in their neighborhood the library used to do this like closeout sale every year where it would oh. like get new books. Wait, oh, you've I, never done this. Wait, okay, I'm so, in your neighborhood. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> or I was, I was. Yeah. Once a year they would have this sale where they were getting new books in. So they would just put all of the books that they were like refreshing and they were like, yeah, you can get a whole box for $5 or a whole bag for a dollar. So I have boxes of like, oh, I got like 45 books that day for $5. And like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, 
Yeah, it was a rush. Um, I didn't yeah, take I mean, advantage I'm, I'm an of Eng- that. I'm an English major, guys. I told you I used to study writing. Like, I, I love books. I All kinds of books. I'm reading nonfiction a lot right now, but my heart is with fiction as well. I just, any mm-hmm. kind of book, throw it my way. <laughs> um, love Goodreads. I'm also on Goodreads. Hi, hello. Um, and I feel like we downloaded this. I mean, Goodreads has been around since, I think my profile says I've had an account since 2009. Yeah, it's she's she's an oldie but goodie. Yeah, and I definitely like you were probably one of my first friends on there. If not, you probably told me to be on there. Um, probably, I I don't even know, but yeah, I just I had like Goodreads friends too. Like there, I was friends w- with a woman who is like the principal of an elementary school in California. Oh, and we like, and when I was in college, I started like a young adult book she had a children's book blog and like I would review the young adult books for her blog while she did like the middle grade and children's books and I was like we had like a full-on like internet friendship and it was just so pure and like I love an internet friendship creepy nothing it was just so beautiful we just like talked about books for young people at like different age groups and I was like I just found you Oh, yeah. There were so many people I had these little like friendships or like yeah. acquaintances with that I met through Goodreads. Um, like there's a woman who was a quadriplegic. And so like that's when she really got into reading because she couldn't like be as physically active anymore. And we would like exchange book recs. And I was just like, oh, what a what a pure space. <laughs> like, I don't really use it for the social networking as much anymore. Yeah. Now. I just kind of use it for like book recommendations. But if you really get into it, you can like wholesome. meet lovely people. Yeah, wholesome. and I think that's how like a lot of authors get discovered or get popularized. Like, yeah. I'm having glimpses of memories with um, Maggie Steve Fosso. Yes, I, I might pronounce her name. I wrong. feel like you <laughs> or one of our mutual friends introduced me to her in that book. I'm like, I can see, I can like see the cover. Shiver, shiver. See what I mean. And I yeah. feel like she – I think I have a memory of, like, her either following me on Twitter or following me on Goodreads and having, like, a fangirl moment back in high school. Oh. Um, but anyway, yes. Thumbs up on Goodreads. Um, I did find the lyric. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> and so it is, can I be someone else? What I'd give to give it all I've got. What I'd do to be something I'm not. Never blamed to be no so nonchalant. Now I'm stuck on autopilot. Oh, I like heard it. And Eric and I called again. Infinite in, song. Infinite song. Okay, I'll have to check them out. I'll share my recs for the top song so far, but I'm just hey. getting started. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are you manifesting this week? Ooh, so I actually had a different manifestation going into this podcast and then right before we started recording I saw something on the internet and I was just like oh, that's got to be my manifestation and keep my story short there was this person <laughs> I was watching on TikTok and she describes herself as like a mid-size like style like that's what you follow her account for so like size 12 14 and I'm like oh okay she's like I rarely see these pants that I'm trying on on people who are more mid-size and instead of searching for that girl I'm just gonna be that girl so here's me doing it for you and that sentiment of like 
I'll just be that girl. Like, why wait for other people? Like, why go searching for other people that you need information from? Of like, oh, I wish there was someone in my size who did try on videos, or I wish this person was on the internet where I could get this kind of information. You could be that girl for somebody else. And so I, I kind of liked that that sentiment. So that's my manifestation. I like that. It's like very Toni Morrison, write the book that you're dying to read. Yeah. Like, instead of looking for, just create what you want to see more of. I love that. That's just, um, yeah, I, I like that a lot. The I book. also had a different manifestation heading into this episode and then got like sideswiped by something really awesome. So I'm reading Ed Milet's The Power of One More book and – Spoiler, it's probably one of my favorite books in the self-help category so far. Wow. Um, it really is We're just, just like really dropping high hitting. praise today. Yeah, it's really hitting. Um, and he has – he also has a great podcast, which I think is like a great place to start just to see if you like his voice, um, which I obviously do. But he has this phrase in there about like, you know, changing your life and about getting what you want. And he said – your obsessions become your possessions. So if you want something, you need to be thinking about it all the time and obsessing about it. And I think that's just so true because I remember going back to like books and stuff. When I was like in college, I was like, I'm going to write a young adult book. I'm going to write the best young adult book. I'm going to be the next like John Green, Sarah Dessen, like one of those like people. And I would say that and then I wouldn't think about writing a book for like three weeks. I wouldn't open a Word doc, wouldn't mm. open a notebook. But every now and then if people asked me what my big dream was, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I definitely want to write a book. But I wasn't really thinking about it. And I remember one time my mom said to me, she's like, I don't think you really want to write a book because I don't really see you doing anything. <laughs> and she said that with kindness. Like, we're Jamaican. We're very blunt. I appreciate it. Um, it's a, and it's not for everyone, but like, I, it's you know, that's what we do. And she's like, I don't think you really want to do this. And I was like, What do you mean? Like, I know I want to do it, but she's <laughs> right. Like, if I really wanted this, if I wanted to possess it, then I should be obsessed about it. I should be talking about it. I should be thinking about it. I should be doing it. And I think now I'm like in an older stage of my life where I am, I think, a little more action oriented. I think back then I was more like daydream in my head, and now I'm like just do it, that I think Ed Milet's right. Like, if you want, like, that fancy car, think about that car all the time. Think about it when you're like, do I need to order this takeout meal? Do I need to do this? Like, you're thinking about this car because every decision is going to lead you towards buying that car. So whatever your thing is, just be obsessed about it. Like, your obsessions become your possessions. And I just... I love that. So forewarning to my friends, I might sound like a stuck record in the next coming months on the things that I'm trying to go after, but I think that's great. If I yeah. if you want it, you, sh you should be obsessed about it or else why would anyone else be? Yeah. Or you know? why waste your time with something if you don't want to work on it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if – Just be honest. I mean like I actually don't – I just like saying that, but I don't really want to do it. Yeah, like you might not want to actually write a book. You might want yeah. – that might turn into something else. And you know what I mean? Clearly so. I didn't because I wasn't <laughs> trying to. <laughs> you weren't obsessed so. with it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like so that that's what I'm manifesting. Like your obsessions become your possessions. So let's let's fangirl over the stuff and the life we want. Like 
that's just I'm excited for that energy. I like that energy a lot, and it it's refreshing to meet people who do have that, who are honest with themselves. Of like, look, this is what I love. This is what I love to do, and this is how I center my life around it. Uh, like, this is yeah. part of my meaning. This is part of my purpose, and this is how I don't know. This is how I function in order to have the things that I love and. That's what we want to surround ourselves with, right? Things that we actually yeah. love and care about. It's not cringe to like really love something and like let people know that you love it. Mm. I think it's actually really cool. Yeah. So Gen Z of you to bring up cringe. Yeah. <laughs> I know. People are always afraid to like show that niche thing that yeah. they're into because they're like, that's like weird. And like, no, that's like awesome. That's it's great that so you have cringe. a thing. You're like- Some people are sitting around bored wishing they had something they cared about that much. That, that's like the worst feeling, I think. Not the worst, but one of the worst is is feeling bored. Yeah. I, I've been someone said bored this to me once while. when I was young. They said only boring people feel bored. And oh, I felt that? that in my soul. Oh, okay. And I was like, I was like, you're right. Like I there are a lot of things. Like <laughs> I heard that and I was like, I'm gonna make an effort to never feel bored because I don't want anyone to say that I'm boring. <laughs> well, whoever told wow, I feel so great because I literally just said, I don't think I feel bored. <laughs> Great. Because you're not boring. boring. Nah, you got stuff that you think about that you, you know, are into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like only boring people feel bored. Have likes. Have interests, please. <laughs> please. Yeah. Get a hobby. Okay. I really like that Ed My Light quote. What is it again? Um, turn your, your possessions. No, your obsessions become your possessions. Your obsession possessions. Wait. Your obsessions. Obsession. Stop. <laughs> Your obsessions become your possessions. <laughs> I'll work on that off the pod. Um, but I will, I will remember that even if I can't regurgitate it. Oh, good. <laughs> um, well, thank you all for being here. Um, I'm glad we were able to talk about something like we've both experienced and I'm currently experiencing and um, such high praises for our, our gold stars and manifestations today. Yeah, love. That's some of my favorite stuff is like sharing like just the different things that we're obsessed about and things that we that are like making us excited from week to week. And yeah, just thanks for joining us, guys. And, you know, if you're living at home, don't feel bad about it. Like just know that it's a part of your journey and your plan and it's not for someone else to understand why that's the right move for you right now. Mm-hmm. It's not. You're smart. You're important. You're strategic. <laughs> You're going to get what you want in your own way. And that's on that. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye.